All right, day 100. Welcome back uh, to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And I'm Kim. And this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and see God, not to it to primarily see ourselves. And I just want to congratulate you guys. 100. This is the 100th day Good job. Right, of um, this podcast. And yeah, we're still in Second Chronicles talking about this brother, Amaziah. Um, Amaziah is the son of Joash, and the text says that um, he did what was right in the Lord's sight, but not wholeheartedly. Like Solomon. Just like Solomon. That mm-hmm. reminds us of Solomon. And 2 Kings will, will say uh, that it wasn't like his father David, right? Who, right. who is contrasted as one who was faithful before the Lord, who was wholeheartedly uh, for the Lord. And we even see it subtly in what the text talks about here. So he kills all the people who killed his father, but he doesn't kill their son. So in one sense, he's murdering folks, but in another sense, he's like obeying the Torah, right? right? Which mm-hmm. kings were supposed to do. And so we see this kind of like... Um, duality. Yeah, duality yeah. of mm-hmm. a person's existence where they, in one sense they can be walking with the Lord and in another sense they can be... Yeah, we're complex and the Bible knows it, right? Exactly. And so that's just... Yeah, that was crazy to me. It just stood out in the first... Uh, first part of this text and then here it is he makes an alliance he's you know getting ready to fight Mm -hmm. and by this point israel is like the other nations that god had destroyed yes um or as bad if not worse and he goes to them um for help to fight edom edom yeah and And he's like and he's warned he's like he's trying to go get (laughs) israel their apostates to go fight edom and the man of God comes in, oh, He's slow like, your roll. You can't do this. Slow your roll, Jack. God is not right. with them. Mm-hmm. And that is very important because every time the text says that God was not with Israel, in the Torah specifically, they lost. Exactly. <laughs> right? They got defeated. And so, um, you know, he turns back. He doesn't go. That causes even a rift. So, so things are just out right. of whack. Right? Um and but yeah, he goes to Edom, he fights, and he routes them, right? Mm-hmm. And in his stupidity, mm. he takes instead of going back to the Lord. Instead of going back to the Lord, he right. takes their God. After defeating like mm-hmm. idols make us stupid. Right? That's that's <laughs> that's that's, a, that's all I can take from like idols just make us do things, you know. Like on a serious note, like they really do make us do things that are irrational, mm-hmm. right? Um, sin. I heard a, I had a prof who used to say like sin erodes our humanity, right? And one of the big uh, essential things that God has instilled in human beings is the ability to reason and, and rationalize. And sin he- like leads us uh, away from rationality and what makes sense. And even you mentioned talking about. Um it leading us away, something that stood out to me. It's a little bitty thing, but it talks about how they threw the people off of a cliff mm. and they were cruel for no reason. Mm. And so just that that sin just leads you to this dark place to do things yeah. that you wouldn't do when you're thinking rationally, you know, throwing people off a cliff right. unnecessarily or taking the idols, thinking that these idols are going to somehow give me victory when it actually does the exact opposite. It Mm. sets him against the Lord who had been warning him this entire time, who, you know, it's example after example, what gives you victory is your relationship with the Lord. And he 
you know, in his own mind and his own depravity goes a completely different direction. Yeah, it's interesting because in today's age, we don't have physical like uh, images for idols. Right. At least most people don't. But <laughs> Not, we have idols. Yeah, but we have idols. We do. And mm -hmm. um, one of the things that you see throughout the, the Bible is this idea that um, people who are serving idols will say that the idols accomplished for them what God really accomplished for them. Right. So you have the Israelites come mm -hmm. out of Egypt and say, yo, the idols or or the golden um, calf. The golden calf. Yeah. Aaron will say, like, yo, the golden mm -hmm. calf brought us out of Egypt. Boom, boom. Right. Like Moses, why are you tripping? And it's like, no, he did not. Right? right. Yahweh brought you out of um Egypt. So it's that same kind of idea uh right here in this text. And then again in verse 17, it talks about how he took counsel. Again, you have to be careful who you listen for. Like there's nope. this repetitive theme. Yeah. We keep saying some of the directions that they go is who they choose to listen to. Yep. And then he goes and he decides he wants to challenge the king of Israel. In res so he goes to Israel in the first place for mm -hmm. help, mm -hmm. reneges because the man of God, he at least listened in that regard. He reneges, yeah. doesn't. But then Israel, upset, they go and they're like, well, we didn't get the plunder we expected to get from this other battle. So we're going to go plunder Judah. Yep. And that set off this type of retaliation. So in his mind, the counsel that he gets is let's go attack Israel, mm -hmm. who are the people he needed help from in the first place yeah. and i love like johash jehoash basically is like dude you need to stay in your lane like yeah. you you feel a, you're feeling yourself yeah. you beat Edom, and you think you can come and yeah get us and it's not going to work out and it's crazy how uh it's just it's just the, the sovereignty of god like mm -hmm. god is just in such in control like beyond our comprehension to the fact that a nation or the part of a nation who went apostate right who's turning he uses them to exactly. judge you, like exactly, and he'll even do that later with like Babylon, who is evil and corrupt. Assyria, yeah, Assy like, mm -hmm. and use them to judge the people of God. Like it's just amazing how God, yeah, and then he'll judge them. It's just right. like God is so uh, sovereign in how he does things. Anyway, the text keeps going, and this guy Uzziah comes. Now mm. we know that if you've read any Isaiah six, in right, any year. piece or heard any yeah. uh, reminiscent of Isaiah six, you know, in the year that King Uzziah died. died. I saw the Lord. Right? Mm -hmm. He saw the Lord. Holy, holy, holy. <laughs> but the crazy thing is, is Uzziah has a much longer history than that, right? He reigned right. for 52 years. Mm -hmm. And it talks about him Gosh. having been taught um, by Zechariah, who I love this phrase. He, mm -hmm. he said to be the teacher of the fear of God. Amen. And that was in spite of him having this awful father with Amaziah. Yeah. Um, having Zechariah in his life set him up for this relationship with the Lord to the point that, um, you know, he reigns for 52 years, but he reigns in a way that pleases the Lord the majority of his life, mm -hmm. the majority of his life. Yep. And then it was like Uzziah, like he's um, this guy who is uh, just kind of like blessed, man, just blessed by God. He has success in war. Uh, he has this army, you know, um, all these things. He grew famous. Mm -hmm. All these great things, but the text makes a sharp turn in verse 16 of chapter 26. It says, right. but when he became strong, mm. he grew arrogant and it led to his own destruction. Pride goes before destruction. Pride goes before the fall. Mm -hmm. He acted unfaithfully against the Lord, his God, by going into the Lord's sanctuary to burn incense on the incense altar. There's this old saying <laughs> that pride is a friend to all virtues right right and and basically like what it means is um is that even in god blessing us with giftedness with virtue mm -hmm. we have to be careful right? right that pride doesn't creep in and that we um 
you know, grow arrogant, right? And think that it's because of us exactly. that we're successful or that we're doing such great things for the Lord. Um, because pride literally does come before the fall. And we see that here. And what's crazy, and Kim brought it up, <laughs> just the fact that like, just irrational again. <laughs> like, again. what are you doing? So he goes in, he's pride, he's yeah. prideful, arrogant. Yeah. And he goes in to do something that only the priests are supposed to do. Right. And there are 80 one priest. The Bible says um, there was Azariah and 80 other brave men because they knew it could have cost them their lives. Mm. Go in to stop him from doing this thing. 81 men of God are telling you don't do this. And his response is not repentance. Mm. It is he gets angry. And before he could take out his anger, he pops up with a disease that makes him unclean on his forehead. Like you can't hide Mm. (laughs) a disease on your forehead. It's obvious. Yeah. Um, And then it's so the very thing that he was seeking to do which was to offer incense, which the disease on his forehead was grace because Aaron's mm. sons who were priests Come on offered now. strange sacrifice and Drop it cost it. them their lives. God won't and so God's grace to him in this particular instance was that he wasn't killed. He didn't yes. die, but he did. He was isolated. He was quarantined. We have a whole different appreciation now. Quarantine. I said the what same quarantine thing. I circled means. that. I was like, man, <laughs> quarantine. So he was quarantined yeah. um, for the rest of his life. And so his son comes in and he ends up co-reigning with his son for a period of time. Yep. Yep. And it's so crazy. It's almost like irony, right? So it's like mm. he goes into the temple and he's not right. supposed to. Exactly. And he becomes unclean. Exactly. Right? And can't go in ever and, again. And can't go in ever again when it's really the unclean right. who couldn't come to like come to the temple. And so, yeah. So it's crazy uh, that he gets that fate. And then his son comes, mm-hmm. Jotham. And basically, the text is very clear that he did what was right in the Lord's sight, just as his father Uzziah had done. Right. But it says, in addition, he didn't enter the Lord's sanctuary. (laughs) Right. And I just thought about like, man, like we don't have to imitate our forefathers wholesale. Right. Mm -hmm. We can take the good things that they did, the things that uh, gave the Lord glory and Mm -hmm. imitate those while failing. Like we can walk and chew bubble gum at the same time. I feel like sometimes people talk about these historical figures and it's like oh he did this and like no we know he was wrong there right right but we affirm the good he did in his lifetime and the fact that you know the chronicler thought it was important to mention like we would read and thinking burning incense in the temple was no big deal but Mm -hmm. it was such a big deal yes that he was he needed to make a point to let us know that jotham did this but he didn't go into the temple and so it was a huge thing it was defiling the temple as far as the lord was concerned and so he put it there to just let us know how important it was. Yep. And it's crazy too that mm-hmm. like at the end of that verse, yeah. it says, but the people still behaved corruptly. And it's like, man, yeah. this good king, mm-hmm. like how do the right. people still behave awfully? And it's like us, right? Jesus is this yeah. perfect king and we still, right, act the fool, <laughs> you know, we all do. the time. Um, and it's like, man, like we, uh, once again, like, yeah, like, it doesn't just because we have a good king doesn't guarantee that the people will always follow suit at least on this side of heaven <laughs> very good and or that it um like that we will make that decision because here hmm. even the examples a lot of times we had talked about earlier um a lot of the kings when they make these decisions to do these things um they lead the people in it and it doesn't give any indication that hmm. he led the people in changing the way that they worship and so there's like 
yes, God, I mean, Christ leads us and sure. we still make our own decisions and we blow it. Hmm. But then he here, even in this instance, it doesn't give any indication. Like he fixed the temple and it's great. Yeah. But it's, you know, the other people, they talk about how they go through and they're intentional about teaching the people. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. So there's this active, yeah. right? Like it's not just. Lip don't service. Yeah. It's not just, it's mm-hmm. not even just like, pat, like, um, how should I put it? Like what he abstained from doing. Right. Right. It's, it's like good. what he is supposed to do as well. And that's so good because Jesus, right, mm-hmm. he he sent that Holy Spirit, right? Exactly. And that thing will convict us and he has mm-hmm. his word and he has his people to guide us and shepherd us. And then we end off this section with Ahaz. Awful. Terrible. <laughs> Bro just broke everything. Like he just shattered the whole... <sighs> combined all the Torah. evils. <laughs> yeah, like he combined the evils. Like I think Romans uh, mm. or maybe Jeremiah where it talks about um, people being skilled in evil. Mm. It's yeah. like, bro... Or Romans talks about inventors of evil. It's like, That's you inventing thing. just wicked stuff to do now. Um, like, you take all your wicked deeds and stir them in a pot, and it's like, this is me. Everything God said not to do. Everything God well. said not to do. Mm-hmm. He does. And God, yeah. God sends enemies, right? Exactly. He sends enemies to take him over. Back to back. Back to back to back. And so there's also, we talked about earlier, just this whole with um, judges, you would see, you know, a nation come over to take over the people. Mm-hmm. They would repent and then God would give them relief. In this case, there is no relief. Like he is so evil and so intent on being evil mm-hmm. that back to back Arameans, Israel, Edomites, Philistines, like everyone just comes back to back. And even halfway through his reign is when the Northern kingdom fell, yeah. when Israel fell. And that still didn't change his heart. So even seeing yeah. That another nation is now suffering as a result of their disobedience to God doesn't change his course. Mm. Yep, I, I think, uh, and we talked about it a little bit before this, just just about the fact that, like in twenty two, verse twenty two, yes, of chapter twenty eight, it says, "At the time of his distress, King Ahaz himself became more unfaithful, more unfaithful. To the Lord. He mm-hmm. sacrificed to the gods of Damascus, right, which had defeated him." <laughs> And it's just like, like man, the king like, before him. Like that is the epitome mm. of spiritual blindness. Yeah. Right. Like his heart is hard. His his uh, his eyes are blind to the Lord, and he went to, for help. He sought help. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it just wasn't to the God of Israel. But not only did he, I mean, his own life do yeah. this. But then he went through, he used the items that were designed for worship to God. He yeah. used those items to worship idols. And then he went and closed the temple mm. um, and he set up altars. It said on every, um, I think every street corner in Jerusalem and in high places in every city, he set up altars to be um, for other gods to be worshipped. So not mm. only did he set up a scenario for himself to worship false gods, yeah. But he made it almost impossible for the people around him, for the people he are leading to worship the one true God. And that's the depth of his depravity. Just, I'm not only going to go astray myself, but I'm going to lead everyone else astray and make it difficult for them to do the right thing, even if their heart is convicted, even if something arises that should lead them to the temple. They can't even go into the temple because I closed it. Yeah. Idols are lifeless, Hmm. and in many ways, they make us lifeless as well, unable to see, hear, 